After a lifetime of researching the dynamic and enigmatic world of light entertainment, I've decided to ditch my notebook and meet the people who inspire me. What makes them the people they are? How do they feel about the show business landscape in which they find themselves? And in a world where anyone can be a star, is there still a need for performers who have universal appeal? Come with me on a journey of discovery as I get a unique insight into Britain's favourite stars with a little help from my glamorous assistants. Yeah, well, I say glamorous, more like hazardous. And of course, we'll have a bit of fun along the way. Writer and broadcaster Jeremy Kyle became a household name in 2005 when he was put forward to host an ITV morning talk show. Now in its 13th year, the Jeremy Kyle show has become a fixture of the ITV daytime schedule, elevating Jeremy to one of Britain's leading broadcasters, and his recent transition onto the Good Morning Britain sofa has cemented this. I was interested to hear from the man himself and get his take on the moral responsibility of what he does and his thoughts on a glittering career in journalism. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr Jeremy Kyle. Okay, so one of the most striking things when we were researching you about your early life is that your dad was an accountant and personal secretary for the Queen Mother. What were your memories of? My memories of that were always the same. That that's what he did. I think he, I think he worked in a bank and then he joined her at the age of twenty five and he did thirty six, thirty seven years. Um, I think it was an amazing job in terms of, you know, what he saw and what he experienced. And, you know, he was fervently royal and, and um, he was away a lot. But no, he was good. It was um, it was interesting, you know. Yeah. It was uh, now, uh, we lost my mum a year ago uh, and he's 80-something now, bless him, 84. And, and he loves nothing more than to talk about those days, you know. I think he taught me a lot, to be perfectly honest. Very calm, beautiful and- man. So the reason we asked, never you, that never interested you as a career. I didn't really know. I have a really, I have quite an outspoken view about the whole careers thing because I, I, I went to school and they say to you, don't they, at thirteen and fourteen, go and see the careers master. All that. I'm not all too sure, altogether sure that kids know quite what they want to do. I think I fell into what I did. I was a salesman, and everybody knows. And then one day got a chance on the radio and loved that. And the telly thing happened from. I don't even know how the telly thing happened. People say to me every day, how do you get into radio? How do you get into that? I was very fortunate. Um, did I consider following the old man? I don't think I knew what I wanted to do. I went to university. I got a degree. I had some fun. Became a salesman. Did a few things. But but I think when you find out what you want to do, I don't think it necessarily happens at 18 or 21. I mean, you know, different for, say, your husband, who was a horse trainer. He probably always wanted to do that, Ruth. But I never really... I wanted to be a lawyer or a doctor or a, I don't know what I wanted to be really and I think that's quite relevant and, and for me the beauty of what I do now is I actually do enjoy it but life changes I mean I've been doing it for 14 years so long time old man old man television very old so you mentioned there about um, radio stations and you started your career as a presenter on commercial radio the worst music DJ in the history of the world. I've been doing it for six weeks. The boss called me and he said, you are, without any shadow of a doubt, Paul Jackson said, the worst music DJ in the world. I said, why? He said, because all you do is stop the records and start talking. And he went, I can't do this anymore. And he said, but I do like it when you talk. And so we, we started this late night phone-in show, uh, late and live, and then it became Jezza's Confessions and managed to, to end up on Capital and Virgin and... You know, enjoyed that, and then that ended, and there I was with a young kid and nowhere to go, walking the streets of London with an agent, trying to work out how I could 
perhaps get into television and, and the rest, you know, was quite lucky and, and I guess it's history really. But yeah, radio was a really good grounding. A lot of people say, do you, how do you go from radio to television? I remember Chris Moyles once said, it's, it's difficult. I actually think it's a really good grounding. To have to talk non-stop for three hours every night is a really good launch pad for either live television because I do Good Morning Britain now or the recorded stuff as well. Yeah, we were going to ask you sort of what kind of grounding do you think that gave you a good grounding for establishing that sort of dialogue and connection with an audience? And now obviously, yeah, I mean, look, recently. it's it's. I don't really ever overcomplicate. I think one of the things that people can do, they can go, well, how did you do that, or what? We sort of had an idea. Was incredibly lucky to get the opportunity to do it, and I think now probably more than ever, you you, you spend every day and week thinking. My God, this is 14 years, and we work really hard to sustain it. We never take it for granted. Um, people say, you were trained psychologist? No, just a bloke off the street with an opinion, always had an opinion. Something happens to me when I put that blue suit on. That's probably not the way I am. I'm an opinionated bloke, but I'm probably not that opinionated. But um, for me, the, the, the show is very simple. It's about morality, and it's about the difference between right and wrong. It's about family values. It's about showing people, I hope, who are having a hard time that, if they face up to what they've done or where they've been, they can make changes to their lives, be that with our care, aftercare service or, or themselves by getting a few home truths. But it's real life, it's raw, it's a journey and that's it. For some people they find that very difficult to comprehend. Others gain strength from it and think that makes my life, puts it into perspective. And it, and it is, it's Marmite though, isn't it, Jeremy Carr? You either love it or you hate it. And you mentioned about, we're going to ask sort of 2005, wasn't it, that ITV launched the Jeremy Kyle show sort of as it is supposed today. Mm. You mentioned about it going from radio, because it was... In the well, no, no, I've been on the radio. I was sacked from Virgin Radio. Was it? Around the same time as Chris Evans was sacked, and I, and I literally <laughs> didn't have a job. And um, uh, I think Trisha Goddard had left ITV. I think they'd advertised for a, for a replacement, which was a woman with TV experience. And somehow I got an interview. And several months later, they said, the gig is yours. But you never know when you start something like that. You know, when you start something like that, it's very, you never know what's going to happen. For us to have survived this long, we took the show to America. It's been in, in other countries as well. And I guess now we're lucky it's a staple diet. It's part of ITV, but you never, you never take anything for granted. But, you know, it's, um, it's been around a long time to the point where politicians say, what's wrong with this country is the Jeremy Kyle generation. It's not my fault. I'm just, you know, doing a television show. But, yeah, it's been... Um, ITV been brilliant, and, it, and and I think the fit is perfect on ITV. So then, I suppose to some extent, it replaced and sort of fit the same in as the Trisha Goddard show, if that was. I think it's very different to the Trisha Goddard show in that I, suddenly there was this bloke with an opinion. It's conflict resolution in its purest form, and if to extricate from people honesty, admission it's probably more, more, or has been a little bit more forceful, if you like. Vocal, I would say, is a good thing. Opinionated is a good thing. Um, but each, each, each show has its own way. Kilroy rang for years, Trisha Goddard rang for years, you've got Jerry Spring in America. Everybody will have an opinion. Um, we, we sort of alighted upon this show. Um, for us, from day one, the aftercare was massively important. I don't think that in any way, it's right to do something like that. But we sometimes can't win. If you didn't do aftercare, they'd say, quite rightly, you were not doing the right thing. And if you do too much, they say, what are you trying to do, save the world? No, there's a service there with Graham and the team. We put over 300 people a year into detox and rehab units, which 
What did one cynical person say to me a couple of years ago? Well, how many of them actually improve? And I go, don't you think that if even one does, that's a good thing? I, that's what I think. And it's not, we don't just tip our hat to, a, to an Ofcom regulation by having somebody sat in the green room saying, you can talk to us. We actively, before, during and after, in fact, you know, aftercare, it should be, you know, it's guest services. It's from beginning to end. And, and, and all the people that go on, the, the, the checks, the controls are incredible. And what Graham, I mean, Graham wrote a Bible 10 years ago, a 150-page Bible on how people on, on, on these sorts of shows should be dealt with, um, how, 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 what's right, what's wrong. Many more shows, you know, have started to use that. And I think it's very, very important. Obviously, as part of your show and similar shows, um, it can highlight at times a little bit more of a social class divide. Do you think that's your responsibility um, sometimes to have that sort of moral, moral obligation to help? No, 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 I don't see that at all. Because I think, I think the minute you get into that debate, you, you, you point the finger. Somebody once said to me, it's, it's quite interesting. Um, the Jeremy Carl show is about honesty. And whether that's a member of the royal family or it's somebody who's not ever worked and has had problems... Their choice is to come on the Jeremy Carl show. I guess that after 13 or 14 years, they trust us to do it correctly, be that through DNA, lie detector, whatever it is. You know, I, I put two people together on Friday. He hadn't seen his daughter in 27 years. The guy will tell you that what the team did on the Jeremy Carl show was the greatest thing ever. When somebody comes on and says, is my girlfriend or wife or husband messing around and you have to give them bad news, they probably hate the whole thing. But but it's it's it's... I don't think it's I don't think it's important socially, and it's not for us to to say we're a moral compass. I think there are things that I believe in and the show believes in. But for me, the show's always been about a forum whereby people end up, hopefully, the ones who get what they need to get from it, understanding that you can't do this, or if you've done that, you have to change direction, or you have to understand what it's done to other people, and that's the point. So it's very much this journey, this this raw journey, which is why on the car show you get tears, you get anger, you get unhappiness, you get everything. You get in, in, and that journey is 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 it, you know? And it's you know, people always say, Oh God, and then they come and watch it and they go, My goodness, it's it's unbelievable. Um and so it's people's lives. Why would they do it? That's the big criticism every time. And we get into this big moral debate about why would people go on the Jeremy Carl show? As Graham always says, who was one of eight born into a Rochdale council estate, right? People need to understand that that's people's choice. And it's very easy to go, oh, why would you go on the Jeremy Carl show? But we'll watch Celebrity Big Brother, won't we? Yeah. We'll watch, I can't even remember the name of that Scottish politician who dressed up as a cat oh, and licked milk, yeah. George Galloway. Yeah. And we'll do that and we'll go, oh, it's a politician, it's outrageous. These people are coming on to a show that they know will give them the opportunity to talk very candidly about their lives. And I think that that is massively important. Something that we were actually saying when Josh was doing his research is your ability to be able to, I suppose, maintain your composure. Um, you have said before that your favourite episodes are some of the sort of Pride of Britain specials where you get to meet. And listen, we we, we we do we do a lot with Make a Wish for, for for children at Christmas. We've done some harrowing stories, behind the headline stories. We've done a lot of kids related shows. That, for me, that eclectic mix is really important. But it's very difficult when you do a show that is as opinionated as whatever you, you want to describe it as, because we try and do a mixture. Um, 
It's light and shade. It's good and bad. It's right and wrong. Um, I actually have great admiration for anybody that comes on. And again, we get back to that thing where it's very easy for people to say, why would you go on the Jeremy Carl show? Because, you know, you don't trust your missus. Well, for a lot of people, they don't have that, I suppose, that network to fall back on, maybe a good family, maybe a series of friends that will tell you the absolute truth. Um, but it, it's it's extraordinary how it's developed. It's extraordinary how it's sustained. And And for us, you know... Every single person, I think, that gives us the opportunity to try and help them, right, deserves credit. Um, and yeah, listen, we've done some heart-wrenching stuff. We've done some stuff that's had me crying. We've done some stuff that's had me wanting to just go nuts with anger. And so that's it. It's up and down, isn't it? All the time. And was that somewhere, like you say, now after all these years... Is that somewhere where you envisage the show going, or even earlier back before that, where your career, when you first started, sort of the phone-ins and things like that? Is yeah, that no, you I sort of envisage no, going? no, and that's what I meant when I started when I said about careers because I don't think you can ever think that. Um, I knew I I knew when I was doing the radio that I could talk to people, listen to people. I grew up watching Parkinson. Parkinson was my hero. He only spoke 20% of the time. Nowadays, it seems to me that almost any chat show, apart from Piers' life stories, is about a series of celebrities who come on with something to plug. I long for the day when Parkinson sat down with just two chairs and a table and was able to categorically ask you as an individual almost anything because you were confident in the knowledge that he was such a pro that he would do it in the right way. And, and he was my hero, like Donahue in, Amer- Donahue in America. And I think, you know, for us, that whole trying to get out for the people what they want, what we want, however you envisage it, is, is you develop that over the years. But no, did I think, not really. I was walking the streets trying to get a job and I somehow ended up with this television show. I was very, very fortunate, but I would never disrespect it. It's very easy. It's a focal point for, for people going, as I said, love it or hate it, but that's what happens. If you stick your head above the parapet and have an opinion, in any walk of life, people are going to go, hmm, and that's it. It's not, to me, it's never been rocket science, to be honest. A lot of people get really hung up on, they say to me, how do you feel when you go home? I did the radio, late night radio, for 13 years. I had hundreds of thousands of calls. And I used to go home and drive home with the radio on, uh, with the with the sorry, with the with the CD on, because I brain filled. When I finished filming four of these in one day, Graham will tell you in the car, I just fall asleep or gaze into the distance because there's a saturation point, isn't there? But while I'm doing it, you know, like it or lump it. Some people don't like the opinions. If you ask me, you're going to get it. I mean, you're going to get the answer. If you don't want the answer, don't ask me. It doesn't mean I'm right, but the fact that you've asked me, in my mind, legitimises the fact that I can give you an answer. If you don't like then the answer, don't ask in the first place. Um, do you think that you could maybe do a show like Parkinson? You talk about your skills that you've acquired. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think if you asked... Yeah, I mean, that... It's not a dream. I've done celebrity interviews... Um, I think it's really easy in television, and maybe I do sound like the old man now at 52. Um, I think it's very easy to take your eye off the ball and want to to do other things. I've been really lucky. Kyle Files spread from, you know, you can branch out from a hit, I think. Kyle Files is an investigative series. We started, it's in the fourth series now. 
cut the cut report ish, um, atta- tackling issues that that I think are very relevant to families. This season, it starts on March the 5th, sounds like I'm promoting it. It's on a Monday night between the two quarries at 8 o'clock. Acid attacks, massive, massive increase of acid attacks. The safety of the internet. Um, How medicinally cannabis oil, still illegal, has been proven in many spheres to help stop cancer. Stuff, you know, first couple of series, legal highs, dangerous dogs, things that mattered. That, for me, is an amazing thing to go and do, to be outside. It takes six months to film. There are some days I want to do it. But that's a, that's a really different uh, skill, and it's a, it's a really, it's, it's a make weight against being in the studio. And then, obviously, Good Morning Britain as well. Start that again on Monday, and that's live, and that's three hours or two and a half hours, and that's a different skill set as well. So the Jeremy Carver's show has afforded me that opportunity, and ITV have, and that's, and that's great. But didn't plan any of it, really, and... and um, when the, as I always say to people, when the grim reaper of television comes tapping me on the shoulder, all I want is to be able to walk away and say, that was great, and I hope I did it to the best of my ability, and it's not my oxygen, and I'll get on with the rest of my life. But actually, we've been really, really fortunate. And I have to say at this point as well, some incredible people in Manchester behind us who have worked tirelessly for 15, 14 years, and you can't do it without them. I'm just a figurehead, but these kids work non-stop, you know, they're brilliant. So then, looking back at your career, um, what's your proudest achievement? Being a good father to my four kids. Somebody asked me the other day, some legacy, that, the Jeremy Carr show, I said, I think you're missing the point. The legacy, my legacy would be, I hope he was a good father, not anything to do with the television show. Does that, do, do, you understand uh, yeah, that? No, I, I would, fantastic. If my kids honest. can say you were a good dad, I don't give a shit, really, I'm being yeah. honest. No. I love the fact that people watch it. I love the fact that I've managed to do it for 14 years. But when, when it's time to go, I'd want to think my kids were like, yeah, he was all right as a dad. Do you want to ask me the worst thing that's ever happened to me? If you want to tell us the worst thing. Losing my mother a year ago. The, the woman who <clears throat> instilled in me absolutely everything and believed in me. And I remember the last thing I said to her was, it's all right to go. I'll teach them all that you taught me, the kids. And that's enough for me. She was amazing. And she was always proud. Yeah. And I tell the story on the show, and I'll tell you now. I, I um, And Ruth knows this. I went home about three years ago. And this, for me, is a really good thought process for everybody on the television or on the radio. Five years ago. What's the matter with you? She said, I said, I'm stressed. And she went, sorry? So 75 at this point. I said, I'm stressed. She went, stressed. Right. So let me, what does that involve? So I said, well, you know, all this stuff going on and I can't think of anything. Do you want to know what stress is? I'll tell you what stress is. Stress, she said, is doing your homework in an air raid shelter in the Second World War. Now get off that backside of yours and get back to work. And I went, yeah, it's true, isn't it? Good, good yardstick, my old girl was. Really good. So what's next? Just keep going. Um... We have, uh, I think we've got another three years on our contract to go, which is quite unheard of. Um, Carl Files comes out March the 5th. Good morning, Britain. Um, and I think as you get older, um, and the kids get older, getting remarried, you think um, it's a balance, isn't it? I don't, some people don't take this the right way. I don't live to be on the television. I'm lucky, really lucky to be on the television, but I don't, it's not my oxygen. I work hard and I respect everybody that works with me on it. 
and the people that come on it, and then I go home, and I do the school run, or I spent last night cleaning three pairs of football boots. Isn't that awful trying to get the mud off them and they're not all down the sink and everything that's scrubbing mud? Um, or reading Tom Gapes or playing Nerf Gun Wars the other day for hours. Um, and, and I mean that, and I'm really blessed with the kids and, and they're an absolute focal point. And that's nice. And, and as I say, I'll do it as long as they want me to do it um, because I do love it. Fantastic. A big thank you to our guest for being the subject of another Beyond the Title interview. If you like this, why not browse the website and see if there's anything else that takes your fancy. Don't forget to like our Facebook page to receive updates of forthcoming interviews and to see more information about me and what I do. Thanks again and hopefully see you next time for another Beyond the Title interview.